0: I love the fact that we are driven by purpose, and it's it's present for all of us.
1: I'm the cycling certified Cicerone, and in this podcast, I deep dive with brewers about the origin stories of their beers, the kind of beer they make, and what it takes to make a brewery run. In this episode, we'll be diving into... Metier Brewing, a small little bike-themed brewery over in Woodenville near Seattle. They've been around coming up on a year now and are just getting ready to celebrate their one-year anniversary. We have one of their founders, their head brewer, and their head of sales. Today we're talking about their origin stories and what got them into the beer world and how they came together to form Metier. In subsequent episodes, we'll deep dive on the beer they brew here and also talk some of the nitty-gritty business stuff. Welcome to Washington Beer Talk.
2: Bob Thorpe, head brewer at Metier.
3: And Drew Dillingham, general manager of Metier.
0: Rodney Hines, CEO of Metier. Are you the founder, Rodney? So there are two founders, and Todd can't make it today, uh, but Todd Harriet is the co-founder and he is chief vision guy, and I am CEO and chief mission guy.
1: We're going to talk about the... Origins of the brewery, how we got started, and sort of your backgrounds as well. You know how you got into the brewing industry and everything. Uh, let's start with you, Ronnie. So, what was the uh, what was the beginning? You know, when, when were you were you six years old drinking Sierra Nevadas out of your dad's fridge?
0: Were you talking to my mom? Did you hear this? Actually, what I what I love about your question is that it feels like the origin of how we got here is unique and different for each of us, and that makes the beauty of where we are. Um, so, for me, I started doing homebrew right out of college. So back in 88, 89. At the time, I thought it was pretty damn good beer and I'm certain it wasn't. Um, But I continued to do homebrew over the years. And at some point, I said, I want to have my own space, a space that featured beer, but it also featured people from all walks of life coming in to connect, to commune, to have, to take a breath from life and, and enjoy time together. And so I've always been on this path towards creating that. And then about a year and a half ago, I guess it was a year and a half ago, Todd and I, Todd was my workout trainer. And at some point uh, we were working out, he started to mention this cool place over here in Woodenville. And his sister-in-law, Anna, who is our taproom manager, she was working here. And she mentioned that this place is up for sale.
1: If you've ever been to B-Side Brewery, That is the place he's talking about. Anna used to work there, and she is still here today. B-Side Brewery is now Metier.
0: And Todd was just sort of talking to me, had no clue that I ever had thoughts of having a brewery. After a couple of weeks of him mentioning it, I started to ask more and more questions, and I'm like, dude, I went in, and he was kind of shocked and surprised. At the moment, there was this great song playing that I hadn't heard in years, and it was 88 Seconds by OMD. Todd was psyched because was, he was playing it in his place and he and I had this moment of we love this song could this song be a connection for us and define what we we're going to be doing jointly and what he didn't know about that song and I won't go into another story but what he didn't know about that song was it was telling a story of an 88 second massacre in Greensboro North Carolina where I was born and it was a story of KKK and others coming together to do a massacre on people who were out doing a civil rights march, and the song it meant a lot for me, and I hadn't heard it in years, and I heard it for the first time at Todd's place, and Todd's, like, it's one of my favorite songs, but he didn't know the the story behind it, and that became the name of our LLC, 88 Seconds LLC.
1: What kind of came first? It sounds like you have a really strong drive to create this community space and bring people together. Did that come before brewing or did it just so happen that like a brewery sounds like a great place to do this? I love to brew beer. I can make both these happen at once. Did you maybe or did you maybe pick brewing because you knew it'd be okay for a thing to for this kind of community space you're creating?
0: Um, I think beer probably came first. But I don't know if it was all sequential. When it was mentioned to me this was available, I came in off a bike ride one random day. I was doing some cool hills. I was biking with a good friend of mine. And we stopped in. Bob and the team working here didn't know me from a hole in the wall. They had no idea that I expressed interest in this place. And what struck me when I came in was how welcoming the team was here. And the beer was damn good. And that was the moment I'm like, I want to be a part of this. So that was, that took us to the place of where we are today.
1: I'm going to come back and talk more about what the brewery actually is, but we're going to, let's start with a, let's do another origin story and come back to right.
2: Bob. Sure. Actually, I'd never heard that story. I didn't know that you'd come in. Did we talked? we geeked on beer. See that's, and that's just, just anybody out there. I am a beer geek. If you want to come talk about beer, I will talk with you as long as you want to. So. My origin story, right out of college, um, started brewing beer with a friend. At that time, it was like 89, 90. You couldn't buy high-test beer. We were young men, of you know, virile men, so we wanted high-test beer. So we brewed a lot of really, really high-alcohol, horrible-tasting beer. And then over a few years, we figured out how to make good, good beer. So I've been a home brewer since about then. Was it about 2000? Five or so, my kids were in um, a co-op preschool, one, and uh, one of the other parents there was Darren Devoyne, and I got talking to him, and he owned a winery, and I just thought that was so cool. And I said, well, you know, I homebrew. Yeah, or open a brewery. You know, give me a call, just as a lark. And about five or six years later, he and his wife invited Tracy and I over for dinner and asked me, how do you like your job? I say, I and hate it, and he says, do you want to brew? And so that's, that's how I became a brewer. Um,
1: have I seen you around before, Bob? I don't know. Have you always, so you've, you've worked here at this brewery mm-hmm. and, uh, this is the
2: first brewing I've ever done professionally.
1: All right. Yeah. I came from my
2: driveway to here.
1: Mm, okay. Then I guess the answer to that question is you just have the look of a brewer about ah. you. <laughs> well, you've been the B site before you said though, right? I, uh, I, yeah, I had. So and he was here. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, that was me. So maybe I did meet you back then. Okay. Yeah. That might've happened. Also, a fun story.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you left out the part where you're a famous bus driver. Like, that so that what? Yeah? You, oh, yeah. you were, that you were a bus driver, and he probably you were oh. on his route every day.
2: Well, that yeah, I was a Met, I King County Metro bus driver for a few years. So, mm.
3: a famous bus driver? No, well, I mean a famous famous <laughs> bus driver. He's, a, he's a
2: famous brewer. I've seen bus, an awful lot of faces in the <laughs> yeah. Seattle area just because yeah, a lot of people came on and off buses. All right, <laughs> <laughs> <It's a> popular <laughs> route. Maybe that's where I was going. It's a popular <laughs> route. So. Uh, Oh man, that 5 <laughs> five—or that eight. Got to
3: be on it. Got to be on it by eleven you with a good driver. <laughs> no, the fun
2: routes are the seven, ten. Yeah. Uh, of course, <laughs> absolutely, top tier. The shift goes really fast. It's always entertaining. It's great. <laughs> Don't get your uh, feelings involved. It's—it's it's a great job. <laughs> you're not a cop. You're a bus driver, and it could be really fun. Anyway, I think we're rambling.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Drew. What about you?
3: Yeah uh so my story starts in in the midwest i i grew up in kansas um i moved out to the northwest uh 15 years ago actually this this uh fall and i when i moved out here i had followed a a girlfriend out and i didn't know what the hell i was doing and i was either going to go to massage school or wine school and i picked wine school so I moved to the Eastern Washington, enrolled in what was then one of the only uh, hands-on teaching colleges in the United States. There were only three. Now there's over 20. So I got my associates in winemaking, kind of cut my teeth in the Walla Walla Valley for a few years. I uh, worked in north-central Washington for a couple years, and um, I landed over here in the Seattle area about six years ago. And I was working in wine still, but, you know, always kind of had my eyes on something else. I'd spend a lot of time... Uh, working for consultants and helping other people with their labels um, and kind of brand management. Uh, fall of 17, I decided to take, you know, a leap of faith and start my own consulting company, focused on small brands and, and helping people who were just getting into the industry. And a mutual friend of Rodney and I knew he knew he was looking to buy a brewery and that he was looking for someone to help lead the company. You know, I've never brewed a gallon of beer in my life. Love beer, though. You know, over the course of a few conversations, his, his engagement and his, his uh, commitment to having this be a welcoming space and a community-focused space, I don't think that um, any time in that initial conversation did money come up or how much we were going to make or anything like that. And starting from that place, that told me a lot because I'd worked with a lot of folks in the wine industry, you know, you have this, this product that's, um, you know, has this cachet and this romanticism around it. And so you're always kind of, you know, a hype machine for yourself. And here was this guy saying, no, we're going to do this really cool grassroots thing and we're going to build it from the ground up and it's going to be this way. And I was just like, I'm on board. Let's do it. And it's been a year and a half now and I haven't looked back one, se- one second. So it's been cool.
1: Uh, So that was a year and a half ago. This place Mm -hmm. has been open for about six months, right?
3: Well, we're rounding our year. We're turning the corner of our year anniversary um, in in July. But you know, we had we we had some start and stop with remodeling and and uh, you know with the brand turning over the brand Mm -hmm. and rebranding it took some work. And so uh, there was some legwork those first few months before we actually opened our doors. Yeah,
1: yeah. Turning over the brand is kind of funny. They're already B side, so we're back on the (laughs) A (laughs) side. So yeah, this brewery used to be B side brewery the same brewer is here but the uh, ownership and the brand everything is different and now we are uh, what what is the brewery now so it's metier brewing company
0: um metier if folks aren't familiar with it our translation of metier is one's calling one's destiny does that answer your question? <laughs> it,
1: it does answer the question. What I wanted to do was get you to say the word metier without me saying it first. Because as far as I knew it was a uh, meteor brewery. Yeah. I love the meteor. Yeah, I love I love meat. I love it when it's meteor, so that's what I thought. But I honestly like Metier a little bit more. <laughs> I like the translation as well.
3: So to so to close the circle on that though, I mean I think with the the translation is literally one's passion mm-hmm. or one one's calling, and I think as you know, you just heard us all describe our backgrounds and our story all led us here, as Rodney um, mentioned earlier. You know, from uh, you know the corporate world, from bootstrapping it up, blue collar side of the world, to working in a completely different but parallel industry, and here we all are, you know, brought together to do this great project. You know, and we we talk a lot about you know people kind of make the leap to well, your passion is beer. And it is, you know, we, we love making beer and we love drinking beer. But for us, our focus is also community and, and a commitment to helping others. So that's one of the the ways we kind of reframe uh, what we're doing and why we're doing it, because it's not just about uh, making great beer. So mm-hmm. I mean, one of the it's funny last week
0: in the last couple of weeks, I've had these moments here of seeing who we are and what we want come to life. And it was this one moment of, you know, we had 88, truly 88 cyclists out for a ride, ending their ride here. And that felt cool. But in the same weekend, I was kind of taken aback when there were about six or seven, like 30, 40 something year old Asian women coming up to the bar and ordering beer and knowing what they were. I mean, and they, they knew beer. And I and I, ha- I questions like, all right, how many other places is this happening? And when you look around, when you look at who's coming into our place, you've got everything from folks who love beer, who will test us with every question about the beer we're brewing. Um, and then you have like those six, seven women, as well as the cyclists. And in the same, you know, in the same month, there were four African-American guys, three African-American guys who came in, and they were in their 40s and 50s. And they were actually from Oklahoma and Chicago, and they were just out here on a weekend celebrating one's birthday, one of their birthdays. And they said that they had heard about this
1: black-owned brewery, and they wanted to come show it some love. You just brought it up. Black-owned brewery, it's, it's a rare rare thing. If you want to talk about it, that'd be cool. Cause I know that like the diversity question, the diversity thing in Seattle, especially, but in the beer industry too, it's just, it's brutal. I don't, I, I only want to ask questions that are helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really know what to ask.
0: That's an eloquent way of asking a question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a respectful way of asking a question. You know, it's funny. I, there are places that I, I love beer and I will often go to various different places just to enjoy some good beer. And I will often look around to see if there are anyone else that, that, who looks like me. And here in Seattle, it isn't terribly often that there are other people who look like me. And whatever friends I'm walking with into these bars or places, you know, they know that I walk in and I'm beginning to count the folks of color in this space. And then one or two may actually, friends may say to me, "Is like maybe folks of color don't like craft beer. And I call bull on that. That's, that's bullshit. I think we all love all things good. And there are individuals... I mean, People from all walks of life and race and class everything who are attracted to beer and to all the other things that the world offers up. So I cannot accept that craft brewery isn't something that folks of color enjoy. I just think that folks of color don't necessarily see themselves in this industry or this industry respecting who they are, hence they may not enter those into the doors and enjoy that beer. And what we're about is making it available and accessible to everyone.
1: Is there anything in particular you guys are doing to broadcast this message and make this the community that you're looking for? Marketing a brewery is a is a challenging thing for any brewery, and much less marketing a community you're wanting to build, right? That's, you want to make the community stronger, but... What is an event you might hold? It's funny because before I even go there, you know, I'm sitting across from Bob
0: and I think it starts with, as you said earlier, it starts fundamentally with good beer. Mm. And so it starts with damn good beer for us. And I go to what grounds us and what makes us sort of market ourselves and do other things that makes us open to everyone else. And I think it is anchored in our mission. And our mission is to brew damn good beer to build and build stronger community to inspire bigger dreams for all. And that I think helps dictates the types of events, the types of organizations we will partner with and the type of marketing um, that we will do. Um, so, yes, we do do a lot of social media. We also have some great, you know, think about the one big fundraiser we've done. But then, you know, last weekend we, we sponsored PCC and their work around the farming community here at, at our space. But our big fundraiser that we just wrapped up was with um, the Major Taylor Project as a part of the Cascade Bike Club. Years ago, when I was late to register for the ride from Seattle to Portland, After training months to do this ride, I found out the only way I could actually do this ride was to volunteer, and I volunteered uh, mentoring and coaching young people who, some of them for the first time had gotten on bikes, and they were training to do the ride to Portland. And so I trained with them a few weeks and then biked with them down to Portland. Just was blown away and made humble by the spirit that these young folks had uh, to make that ride, and Todd, who is a competitive cyclist, he's always been interested in doing some of this work too and so our first fundraiser for the organization was to raise the money to buy the van that this organization needed and I think that people see that and they also see that they see more of what we who we stand for and what we stand for
1: you've now mentioned Viking too which is another fun thing another fun fact about this brewery so the logo is definitely like a bike gear I recognize that thing I assumed that Medier was a a french word for biking in some way I, I didn't you know i just that was that was my only assumption i i've noticed there's a good number of biking themed breweries around seattle and of course that's my favorite uh from flying bike i love chain line and i feel bad for forgetting i think probably one more bike themed brewery that i can't quite remember yeah, there's a that. strong connection between cyclists and, and beer drinking which i think is fantastic
3: are either of you bikers I'm not. No, um, okay. no. Well, uh, you know, it, in my early twenties, I didn't own a car for about five years, mm. and I just biked everywhere. I wouldn't call myself an avid cyclist during that time. It yeah. was just a mode of transportation, and uh, probably a little hippie in me coming out. But, um, but no, I'm not an avid cycler.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, I, I hold firm to the adage: you can't trust a skinny brewer. So,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <clears throat>
1: Before we transition to talking about the actual beer you guys brew, do you want to say anything else about your origin story, your mission, or anything like that?
3: Well, one of the things I'd like to say, following up on what Rodney was talking about and the question in terms of how we are out there in the world, how we market ourselves, you know, I I think Rodney and, and Bob would agree with this, but one of the themes of my life anyway has been that, um, good people find each other and but that's not always by accident it's by being intentional and what you are looking for what you're trying to do and you know doors open Um, doors also close but what we're what i think is happening with the brewery we've picked a direction to make great beers to be community focused and we're kind of we've been standing in that place and you know we don't always trumpet that we're the only uh african-american owned brewery in the state you know i think If you don't have your blinders on, people can see that. Um, We do try to drive awareness of it when we can. But a lot of what's happening and the way people are finding us are just folks who are looking for something different. And then as you're scanning the world, the pages of the brewery handbook or tour guide, there we are. And once you come into our space, I think people get it right away that it's different and that we're different. So I don't want to say it's accidental. It's purposeful. But... um, it's happening organically um, and to some degree Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah i would i mean if i would add to that i mean i just like your word the use of the word purposeful um because when i think about all the things that we do here as much as we possibly can from the decisions that bob is making on the beer that he's doing and the ingredients that we use for our beer um, and then the the format of what we're presenting our beer to our space And the fact that we have this kids play area, the fact that we have a venue that we want to have live music and possibly like a daytime dance party, and we've had a book reading. Um, I love to have this be a space where come election day that... If you want to come and fill out your ballot and possibly learn about in a nonpartisan way about the initiatives, those damn initiatives that we have in the state, that this might be a space for you to come. But all of what we do feels very intentional. And and I even look at the venues that we're going to, the locations across Seattle and down in Tacoma, uh, where Drew is helping us get our beer into different bars and places. It's all with, with with intent and purpose. Going back to what we were saying earlier, the fact that when you look at the industry of craft brewery and we may not look like the rest of that industry right now but with purpose and intent, we're aiming for this industry to look more like us. And that includes the apprenticeship program that we wanna have for folks, for women and folks of color. When you look at the label that's on our bottle, there's purpose and intent behind that because we went with a person of color to do our first label and local artists. And we're looking to have similar, similarly done for the future labels that we have on our bottles that we produce. I love the fact that we are driven by purpose and it's, and it's present for all of us.
2: Brewing for me was always family, friend, gathering centric. It was, we brewed beer to have a gathering of friends. My, I have an uncle that for years, an annual picnic and he home brewed for that. I mean, it was, so for me, brewing is not so much about making, you know, a barley based ethanol, but it's, it's, it's the gathering, it's the people, it's the, um, so that's why this i fall in so well with um the gentleman across the table is it just it's it's the way i view this experience is it's yeah you gotta no or sorry here's another thing is nobody needs beer at one point you needed beer because that was the only potable water you could find uh nobody needs beer anymore if you don't make good beer nobody's gonna drink your beer and you're gonna go out of business so at the very least you got to make a clean product right a lot of people make a good, clean beer out there. And there are a lot of different flavors and a lot of different tastes that people have. I think what differentiates us is we're very welcoming. I don't care who you are. If you're a good human being, you're welcome here. And if you're a good human being that's geeky on beer, you know, I'll bend your ear all day. And that's that's kind of the... I think that's why I I really enjoy working with these two guys over here. So... I hope that comes across. <laughs> <laughs> now you sounded really bitter and horrible. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now you know the people behind Metier. Next week, we'll talk about their beer. And after that, we'll talk about how they run their business. After recording this episode, Metier reached out to me to inform me that Bob, the head brewer, is no longer affiliated with the brewery. Hopefully more details coming soon. Washington Beer Talk is possible because of Patreon.com. We post one episode every other week, but if you like the podcast, you can have access to an episode every week, exclusive only to Patreon supporters. Go to Patreon.com slash Cycling to gain access to more episodes, Cycling Cicerone swag, and all kinds of other neat perks. Are you a brewery that wants to be on a podcast? Shoot me an email, andrew at cyclingcicerone.com.